Hello and welcome to CM Conversations. I'm today's host, Joe Holmes, a business consultant at CM Life Science specialising in the cannabis industry. In today's episode, I speak with Dr. Callie Seaman, a formulation chemist with over 20 years experience in the hydroponics industry. She's become a leading advocate and educator for medicinal cannabis. She's currently a director at Aqualabs and MedCan Support, amongst many, many other roles and responsibilities. In this episode, we discuss the barriers for mainstream medicinal cannabis in the UK, the likelihood and potential benefits of legalisation, and what needs to be done to push us into the right direction. Whether you're interested in the cannabis market in general, its legalisation and expansion into new markets, or you're keen to hear insight from an esteemed leader in the space, then be sure to have a listen. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. So, yeah, lovely. So, um, I think it'd be a good place to... uh, to start off by sort of telling the listeners a bit about a background about you, how you got into the space and, and what you've been up to recently. Um, so uh, I um, am known as Dr. Callie Seaman. Uh, I've been involved in the hydroponic industry for 20 years. Um, first off, started doing a degree in biomedical sciences. So I had a real interest in pharmaceuticals to start off with. Um, but during my time of doing that, I did a placement at GlaxoSmithKline and really didn't want to go into the kind of pharmaceutical side of things. Um, so I went into the hydroponic industry and started working with a company called Aquaculture. From there, did a PhD in fertilizer chemistry, went towards plants and actually looking how to grow plants better um, and more efficiently using hydroponics. Uh, And then really from there, uh, kind of progressed on to working with licensed cultivation facilities within the UK and internationally and looking at uh, how the the plants produce secondary metabolites, such as cannabinoids and terpenes, but also looking at fertilizer regimes and cultivation stress techniques to actually enhance these. Um, I'm also involved with MedCan Support as well, which is a, a community interest company who helps support families with children with factory epilepsy to educate them about cannabis medicines. Brilliant. So it's safe to say you're a, a fairly busy woman then. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's certainly a phrase you could use, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, great. Thanks for that uh, overview. So I guess it's it's no secret that there's there's been a lot of frustration around uh, medicinal prescription cannabis in the UK. Obviously it was legalised in late 20, um, 2018, but since then progress has been slow, I think it's fair to say. So so what do you see as the, the main barriers uh, around mainstream medicinal cannabis use in the UK? I think at the moment it's cost, you know, that there, well, there was actually, there's a number of different barriers for a number of different levels. So at the moment we haven't got any prescriptions um, regularly being wrote on the NHS. We've got four full plant extracts on the NHS, and then we've got products such as Sativex and Epidiolex, which are also being prescribed. But I think we've got a lot to, lot of doctors who are just not confident with this kind of medicine. It's very new. Um, so it, it's actually getting doctors to prescribe this. At the moment, the current route to get a prescription is the private market, which there's obviously a cost implication with that. You've obviously got to pay the clinician themselves for their time. You've then got to also pay for the prescription itself. So they're kind of one of the real big barriers. And we've got kind of two segments as well. So we've got the adult uh, prescriptions and the children uh, paediatric prescriptions is is what we kind of really focus on at MedCan Support and they really have different challenges uh, facing themselves um, with the, the actual sort of adult prescriptions 
it's a lot easier because there's a lot more products available there as well. Um, and there's a lot more people willing to actually prescribe. So there's a lot more clin clinicians actually happy to prescribe. Whereas there was, at the moment within this country, we've got a, a limited number of prescribing doctors for paediatrics and a real kind of understanding of the product is, is also a big issue. Um, th these are kind of the, those top issues that are really faced by patients today. Okay, so, so a lot of it is, is around a, a lack of understanding potentially a lack of education for you know prescribing doctors as, as well you see that as a, a big part of the, the issue at the moment yes and with it still being an unlicensed medicine I think a lot of doctors are, are quite hesitant um, when they they know that a product is licensed they know that but it's gone through vigorous testing. At the moment, cannabis-based medicines uh, are not under license, so they are, aren't as trusting of this. this. It's kind of a little bit of a stamp of approval for the, for the doctor that they don't have to go through. Um, they're able to trust that product and know that, that, that there's gone through, as I say, the safety aspect of it, knowing what the toxicology reports are. Um, so this, this is kind of one of the barriers that we're facing at the moment i guess there are there are several countries around the world now where cannabis is is fully legalized uh obvious ones being the likes of canada see several states in the us and and we're seeing the likes of germany a bit closer to to home that are driving towards legalization as well do you think that legalization or decriminalization as sadiq garner's as recently mentioned um could be likely to happen and if they did what do you think that the benefits would be uh for the for the wider sector and, and obviously the country um in the medicinal areas is it likely to happen that's a very interesting um this is a very interesting question as you say around the world we're seeing many different countries going through this kind of process of legalization for the the adult use as opposed to the medicinal use so that would be a prescription wouldn't be needed in order to obtain it mm. um <clears throat> will it happen in this country I hope it will. A case of it, will it happen? I'm, I'm not 100. I'm not sure of that. Um, why we're still so far behind on the medicinal side of things? Why would we move all of a sudden onto adult use if we can't even get the the kind of medicinal and prescription side of things sorted first? And and there seems to be the barriers there that seems to be a, an issue that needs dealing with before we actually move on to that. Um, the the kind of benefits surrounding that. It, it would actually remove it from the kind of criminal aspect of it. It would also allow a lot of people who are be, uh, ending up being branded criminals uh, not to be branded criminals um, because they're growing a plant or they are choosing to inhale something that they they choose to use to either relax and use for anxiety as they would with alcohol. And um, to I suppose it would have the benefits in that way. But as we've seen over in Canada, there was a, there was a big saturation of the market and there, there was actual problems with, with some of the actual product that was coming out there. So they've actually faced some real issues as well. And they've actually found that because of the quality of what of the, the legalized market has dropped, the actual black market has increased. Um, so it's quite a difficult kind of question to answer uh, within this country. Um, if the, the if it's going to occur or not no fair enough um i guess you can't see into the to the future um, it all seems quite unclear and I, I think i saw it was, it was 17 years between the legalization of medicinal cannabis in canada to full recreational and, and even with that time frame that pretty massive time frame there's still obviously a, a fair few problems within it so the ideal situation would be to really nail down that that medicinal 
side of things to get that absolutely spot on. Yes. And I, I think we really do need to make sure because uh, what, what I am hearing from doctors more and more, they just want them to get on with actually legalizing um, adult use so that they can remove this kind of problem of them having to understand more about cannabis so that, that, that people can essentially self-medicate as well. Um, but that doesn't help. The, the children with refractory epilepsy doesn't help people who need that clinician's advice for a particular condition. And what, what may happen is that the research that is needed to go into the medicinal side may not go into where it is needed because the, the companies that are actually cultivating are actually just focusing on the adult use sector, which doesn't which wouldn't have as many actual standards that need to be met it wouldn't be as quite as stringent as what is needed within the medicinal side and within the pharmaceutical side of things right okay and i guess is that black market side of things and i guess that stigma that can be attached to it that another barrier as to why doctors are almost scared of of prescribing it and and learning more about it and really looking down that that route and, and holding things up further? I think what we've been told from, from when I was little that cannabis had no medicinal effects. It was, we were, mm. we were constantly told that this is a, a, a drug of abuse. This is, this is recreational. This is not for medicinal reasons. And I think we've got to get past that. And as you said, the stigma is one of the biggest issues. There's a lot of association with the fact that it causes laziness or um, the big one is psychosis and mental health issues are, are something it's kind of attached with now there's a difference between use and abuse so you know if somebody is is using large quantities um you know this could trigger these kinds of problems or if they had a predisposition to having mental issues it could trigger it like any other pharmaceutical can um you know it, it is no different to any other kind of medication that is taken but it's definitely that stigma has, is one of the kind of barriers that are attached to this. I mean, if, if you were a doctor who trained for five years and put all of that time and you were risking losing your license to practice by prescribing something which was unlicensed, would you take that risk? Put yourself into their shoes. Um, mm. And I am very, very pro uh, cannabis so I by no means think that I am saying that this is something that shouldn't be prescribed at all but put, when you put yourself into the shoes of a doctor who has got, has got to sort of think about you know could I risk losing my career here you're gonna when there's an alternative medication that they know that if things aren't quite right with that they know they've got the backing and um, that they're not going to lose their career I think I could see why they would go down there. but that's why it's important to have webinars and it's really important what MedCan Support is doing to help educate, to help change that stigma, to, to help understand more about this plant and the complexity. I mean, we've not even mentioned how complex cannabis is and how kind of many different varieties that there are, the many different cultivars with different ratios of different cannabinoids and then there's terpenes as well that all will have different effects on different individuals. It's not like the normal... Um, kind of pharmaceutical medicine where it's one active compound which works in you know in a particular mechanism which makes it much easier for the doctors to understand <clears throat> this is a, a a medicine which has very different ratios of hundreds of different compounds um, you're going to be quite nervous when it comes to something like that prescribing as well absolutely i, I think yeah what you just said about um 
putting yourself in the the doctor's shoes, especially if they are somebody who might be pro cannabis and, and can see the benefits. But obviously, that that risk there is is just something that personally for them isn't going to be worth taking. It must be a, a pretty difficult position to to be in for them personally as well. Well, th- this is where we've got to you know oh keep asking your doctor, anyone who's listening to the this podcast talk to your doctor about it ask them about if you've got a particular condition that you think it could be useful for go in speak to your gp taking some peer-reviewed journals taking the information that they are used to actually looking at that they will respect as opposed to taking in an article say from weed world look on google scholar search uh, your condition and cannabis-based medicines and take those papers to the doctors and get them to read them, get them to maybe uh, you know, acknowledge that actually there is research out there, there, there is hard data with this, and then they will become a lot more confident with it, within it. And they will then hopefully educate themselves more and actually understand a lot more about this uh, medicine and a lot more how to prescribe and we've got to do that more and more to remove that stigma so that the doctor the demand that's on the doctors forces them to educate themselves that's fantastic advice uh, yeah really really like that and and this stigma that's been around for the last 50 odd say years it's not always been that way has it well before it wasn't as stigmatized whereas i think mm. we we had the problem back um, in the US where it really all started, where you, you had the prohibition on alcohol and then they moved on to the prohibition on uh, marijuana is the word that they used. And, and that is seen as uh, quite a, bit a racist term towards the Mexicans because they were seen as lazy because they smoked a lot of marijuana. Nothing to do with the fact that they were actually working in ridiculously high heat. So you're going to want to go to sleep in the middle of the day. That's that's. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, the, the, it, it was, you know, this plant has been around for thousands and thousands of years. Um, the, the, there is supposed to be, it's anecdotal that Queen Victoria used uh, cannabis to treat menstrual pains. There's not anything being really documented. Is it one of those kind of anecdotal pieces that they all say that Queen Victoria had it? But there were cannabis tinctures um, within the Victorian times. That is definitely for sure. Um, If Queen Victoria actually did or not, I don't know, but it it Mm. does have a good ring to it. It's certainly been used around the world for, for, as I say, thousands and thousands of years for many different ailments. Um, I use it to treat my my epilepsy. I've been using it for 25 years and um, it doesn't cure it. And I think, you know, we really do need to understand that cannabis isn't a cure it helps to treat symptoms. And it's, I think we also need to take a, almost a little bit of a step back and be realistic about what is achievable from cannabis. For some people, it does really, it is a miracle. Um, but I think there's, that I'm also worried about seeing what, what's also happening where it, it's almost being sold as a silver bullet to cure every ailment. And then people are spending a lot of money on something that they feels not really doing much at all. So, so the, there's there's kind of this balancing act with it at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess that that plays into to the education of it. People knowing, you know, what it what it actually can do, and that the great benefits with it, but also not being unrealistic and, like you say, thinking it's just the the magic cure for for everything. Um, and I guess that leads me nicely into to my, my next point. Really, was what, what do you see as the the next steps to to get us to a place where prescription cannabis is in the mainstream and it's readily available 
uh, for those that can benefit both in in childhood and adult use? I think the first thing is is removal of that stigma, which which we spoke about mm. the, the, the the this kind of fear. I think we really do need to move more towards um, doctors really actually accepting this as a medicine that it has medicinal properties. So it, it, it's that this is going to take time, and that's with education and with everybody talking about it. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing it coming into the mainstream. We're already seeing products in the shops with cannabis leaves on. So things are moving in that direction. Um, We also need, um, let's say, to get that education into universities. So we need to start at even a lower undergraduate level. So uh, the degree I did in biomedical sciences, cannabis was only mentioned in the forensics. That was the only time it was mentioned. And analysis of that was to find out if somebody was intoxicated. Nothing to do with any effect on the endocannabinoid system. So that's the system that's within all of us, uh, which um, the active compounds of cannabis interact with. Um, Again, that needs to start being taught. And we're seeing a slow kind of rolling out of that happening at the moment. But we also need to get uh, MPs on side as well. So we need to get everybody writing to the MP so that they accept it as well, that the, the difference between isolate and full plant extract as well. Um, so again, it's all about that kind of education, education, education. It's the only way we're going to move this forwards. Um, th- yeah. there's, there's many campaigns going off at the moment, um, but more and more we, we should start to see a change. Um, are, are you seeing on, on the side of MPs and getting them involved, have you seen much progress See, when, when you're going back and you've seen, are you seeing higher numbers of, of MPs actually getting involved and, and listening and, and sitting up and taking note of this? Unfortunately not, um, but that doesn't mean we're going to give up. Um, the, the, yeah. it, we're not, events that we've been to quite often, we, we find the, the, the interest isn't um, there. And unfortunately at the moment, there's been so many other pressing problems occurring as well that are a little bit more at the top of their agenda uh, so yeah. it, it's an unfortunate thing but if we keep talking about it and we keep moving forwards with it we keep actually writing to our MPs to try and uh, progress things think forwards more and really it, it's the doctors is where it, it needs to be once they are on board with it and accepting it as a medicine that's where we're going to kind of see the real progression yeah yeah so education awareness and, and persistence will, will hopefully push us in the in the right direction fingers crossed up <laughs> fingers crossed um perfect kelly it's, it's been an absolute pleasure and I, i've definitely learned a lot from this conversation hopefully the the listeners have as well hello and welcome to cm conversations i'm today's host joe holmes a business consultant at CM Life Science specialising in the cannabis industry. In today's episode, I speak with Dr. Callie Seaman, a formulation chemist with over 20 years experience in the hydroponics industry. She's become a leading advocate and educator for medicinal cannabis. She's currently a director at Aqualabs and MedCan Support, amongst many, many other roles and responsibilities. In this episode, we discuss the barriers for mainstream medicinal cannabis in the UK, the likelihood and potential benefits of legalisation, and what needs to be done to push us into the right direction. Whether you're interested in the cannabis market in general, its legalisation and expansion into new markets, or you're keen to hear insight from an esteemed leader in the space, then be sure to have a listen. Here it is. I hope you enjoy. Enjoy.